This is the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. My name is Sarah Jefford and I'm a surrogate and a surrogacy lawyer. In this episode, I spoke to Shannon Garner, who is an author and has also been a surrogate twice for the same couple in New South Wales. Her book, Labour of Love, documents her journey of becoming a surrogate for a gay couple in New South Wales. I'm going to hand over now to Shannon, and if you're interested in finding her book, you can look it up online. It's called Labour of Love, and otherwise find it uh, in all good bookstores. Hi, my name is Shannon. Um, I am a surrogate from... Hi, my name is Shannon. I am married and have two children, and I was a gestational surrogate for a gay male couple from Sydney. Lovely. How did you come to surrogacy, Shannon? I... A few friends were talking about it um, before I really started looking into it. And then um, I came across a program called Young Surrogates on the ABC. It was a documentary. And I watched that and I was very interested in what was going on there. And um, I'd always thought that birthing and being pregnant was really quite incredible. And um, I'd done it twice and I just thought, hey, I could possibly do this for someone else and uh, that's when I really started looking into it searching online and and um, looking up programs and trying to find books and and yeah that's when I came across the Australian surrogacy community and and uh, another website and I was quite shocked by how many people needed help and I just decided that's it I'm, I'm going for this so that's amazing yeah. what did your husband first think when you mentioned it to him not overly keen um certainly can I think there was like an, an eye roll and um I think he thought of dismissed it and thought she's not gonna do this but then the more I started talking about it he really he really thought okay this is this is actually happening oh my gosh so mm -hmm. um and and you know I started talking to him about people I'd been chatting to and and then we had some friends that um I actually offered to in the end after discussing it with my husband and his concerns were that obviously for my health and my well-being um and I sort of just dismissed those and said I'll be fine and uh we pushed on and, and offered some friends oh lovely and what happened with with that offer uh so they'd been trying for a long time six years and uh they were in their early 40s and so they decided after six years and, and a lot of money that they would, um, they declined the offer, which was totally fine. That was their journey and uh, it sort of left me open and open and also hungrier to find someone else to help. I thought, okay, I this rejection, <laughs> it felt like rejection, but it wasn't. But yeah, it was like, okay. I really, really want to do this because I really wanted to do that for them. And, and now that they're saying no, I, I want to do it even, even worse. So I, I, I kept going. I, I went on to um, websites and, and started talking to people. And yeah, it opened up a whole world of, of heartache to me that I really had no idea was going on for so many couples around Australia. So Mm. Um, yeah. And how did, how did you find your intended parents in the end? Yeah, so I found John and Justin through a mutual friend um, in Sydney. She said that she knew the boys were looking uh, and had started talking about surrogacy. They'd looked into adoption. They'd looked into fostering. 
and uh, surrogacy was something that they started talking to their friends about, but then um, all of their friends said that they couldn't do it, which was which was understandable. And um, yeah, so they were sort of let they they joined a couple of websites and started talking to people. Uh, had offers from women overseas, um, but they wanted to be paid. So then I ended up emailing and um, I got the email address from a friend, from the mutual friend, and then it all sort of started from there, <laughs> emails wow. back and forth. You don't mess around. So um, no, they live in, in Sydney and you're in the yep. mid-north coast. How far between their place and your place? So it's about a six, just over a six-hour drive. So um, quite far. Um, yeah, and because, you know, I could fly down in an hour to Sydney, but then it's, it's the trip west sort of out to, out to the Blue Mountains, um, which takes time as well, so from the airport. So, yeah, it, it, it was challenging, the distance. So, mm. so yeah. how did it go from there? Did they meet you before you offered? Yes, absolutely. So they they came up to to my neck of the woods, and we sort of met, not quite halfway. They came a bit further, um, but I, I I didn't want them to come to to Coffs, where I'm from. So we ended up meeting somewhere sort of in between, and um, yeah, we went and had lunch and sort of sat down after many emails back and forth and and photos and and descriptions of, of possibly like everything that could possibly like that's in my life, like children, my husband, job, everything. They knew everything about me, my husband, everything. And um, yeah, so we decided to meet. So yeah, that was lunch and that took about two and a half hours and we went through all the possible scenarios that um, could happen through a surrogacy that we we thought about there was so many that we didn't think about though too so yeah it was new to us all yeah so tell me eventually when you did offer you did the legals and the counseling what was the counseling like with these two people that you'd only known for a little while um it was actually really good because even though we hadn't known each other like closely for a long time they would, they're just so personable and um, we felt like we'd known them forever. Um, I, I don't know. It, they just, like me and my husband with the two of them, we just would laugh and joke and have a great time and it just felt, it never felt odd or awkward or wrong. It just always felt so good with the four of us. So at counselling, you know, we'd joke and I was trying to sort of hold it together because I I'd heard that sometimes counselling can kind of um, sort of push the surrogacy the wrong way and it might not happen. And I was a little bit worried that that was going to be a determination that that like it's not going to happen. This this girl's insane, or <laughs> you know that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it all worked. It all worked out so well. Um, and we all had our private sessions as well, so we're all on our own with the counsellor. So, um, and when we're all together, she, the counsellor, really said, "You guys, you guys have got something special." So, so that was really nice to hear when when it was so early in the piece. That's lovely. So then, uh, what happened next? 
Uh, so they had found me, um, but they didn't have an egg donor. Uh, so then their, um, one of their best friends offered her eggs. Um, so she went off and did all that she needed to do with counselling and egg collection and everything. And, uh, yeah, then we ended up with one embryo. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, after quite a few em um, eggs were collected. Um, so there was a bit of disappointment felt, but Justin just said to me, that's, that's our baby, that's our baby, this is it. And I just thought, yep, this is it. So, um, yeah, then we headed off for transfer. And, yeah, <laughs> not long after that, I was pregnant. Um, and, yeah, I feel very blessed that that, that happened so quickly and easily for me um, after seeing so many people trying, so many surrogates and, um, and not happening easily. Um, yeah, so that was it. We were on the road to, okay, Shannon's pregnant and in nine months' time we're going to have a baby. <laughs> so, what was the pregnancy like being so far away from your intended parents? There's the, there's the good and the bad with that. Obviously, uh, I, I could get on with my own life in terms of, of sort of sometimes I would forget that I'm pregnant or that I was doing a surrogacy. I'd just get wrapped up in my family and my kids. And, but then the first trimester, I was very sick, vomit, vomiting a lot, um, extremely tired, um, feeling very unwell. And it really would have been good to have them close to help with picking up the kids from daycare. And um, the house was quite a mess. Um, <laughs> and just, you know, I'd get to that time in the afternoon where I'd have to start making dinner and I'd just feel so ill and I'd have my kids coming up to me with a glass of water saying, it's all right, mum, and mm. I'd be throwing up in the sink. So, um, and my husband was working long hours, which is, which is what, he, what he does. And uh, so not, not having them close was, was difficult. Mm. Um, and then you obviously gave birth. How did that go? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, it's very hard to describe um, the feeling of, of giving birth to a baby that's not yours but is connected to you in, in that way. Um, I just couldn't wait for John and Justin to see little Elsie. They told me that uh, we knew it was a girl and um, they told me that um, they were going to call her Elsie. So I couldn't wait to meet her after so long and to have them in the room I really didn't care. Um, you know, I was just going through the motions of birth and I knew they were there, but, um, and everything went well. I, I, well, I sort of birthed half of her in the bath and then got pulled out onto the, onto the <laughs> a mattress in the bathroom at the hospital and um, gave, well, Justin basically, yeah, like guided her out. So wow. he got a great view and, <laughs> um, <laughs> And then there she was screaming and in their arms and they were crying. And I was just absolutely in awe of what had just happened and everything that we went through to get to that moment. Um, yeah. Even just being sick for so long, it just, it all just melted away. And I just looked at her and went, wow, I cannot believe it. I cannot believe she's here and she's well and she's safe and, and 
they are now dads. <laughs> yeah. What brilliant. was it like for them? They were then obviously returned home at some point. What was it like being yeah. away from the baby that you'd just birthed, given that the, it wasn't something that you could just pop down and visit them every now and again? Yeah. Um, I, never, I never felt the need to... Um, I never really felt that need to see her too bad they did they stayed for about 10 days after and I expressed milk every day so I saw her every day I had cuddles every day while they were here but even when I was cuddling her you know it was like oh she's crying you better take her or oh she needs a nappy change you better take her <laughs> I never felt that motherly instinct of oh I really I'll do it I'll you know even when they had the bottle I was sort of reluctant to go oh yeah well I'll feed her you know I just mm. I just I don't know I guess I wanted them to do it I wanted them to be fully in, immersed in everything and when they did go I bawled my eyes out like I've never cried before in my life because mm. it was over it was over the surrogacy was over and it was a new chapter and um but two days later I was fine and I was just back to normal just doing my my family and me and um, I didn't have that craving of, I need to see her, I need to see her. It, it just wasn't there. And I don't know if that makes me strange or not. No, I um, think that that's quite similar to what I experienced. Certainly I felt a loss yeah. at the end of the surrogacy, but didn't yeah. feel a particular need to see the baby per se. I was quite happy no, to see no. the baby, but didn't feel the need to do so. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was very happy, but it wasn't like, I need to see her, I need to hold her. I... I would have, I, I was fine. So, um, but yeah, it's certainly heartbroken when they left. Yeah. Now your surrogacy journey didn't stop there. It wasn't actually over. What happened next? <laughs> and maybe that's why I didn't cry as much as I cried <laughs> at the same time when they left. But um, yeah, so I, I basically said to them, <laughs> I think I gave birth to Elsie and then, you know, a few hours later I was like, so are we, are we doing, are we doing this again? And they were like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> just give us a minute. <laughs> so, you know, and I, I'm not, I'm, I wasn't getting any younger. I said, you know, well, I'd like to, I'd like to do this again for you if, if you want to do this. And they said that would be amazing. Um, one of the dad's sperms was for Elsie and then the other was for the next one. So um, they could both have a biological child each. Um, so they said, yep, let's do it. So we just went on the roller coaster again. And um, luckily there was a lot of embryos left for the um, second. Um, and I was sick again, um, probably worse. Um, so that made it hard. That sort of, it, it's a strain on my family and my relationship with my husband. He's like, oh, we're back here again. Mm. Um, and I have to pick up the slack. And it's like, I'm sorry, I love you. <laughs> I don't feel good, you know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, just knowing that I was going to give Elsie Elsa a brother or a sister was just um, really exciting. And they decided to have a surprise um, this time, the second time. So we all sort of went into it and it was different because no one had any idea what it was going to be. And yeah, so I ended up having Harry um, in 2017. How was the birth different this time with Harry? 
Uh, I was in, I was in control more. Uh, I think with Elsie, I was just so worried that something would be wrong with her or I would do something and cause a problem or, you know, I just, I was just so on edge. But this time with Harry, I had a home midwife. Um, she looked after me the whole way through and the boys were lovely enough to, to, to fund that. And then, um, she came to me uh, with me to the hospital. Uh, I nearly birthed Harry in the car, basically um, driving past Bunnings, and my husband's <laughs> like, "Hold it in!" And I'm like, "I don't know if I can." And mm. yeah, basically, my waters broke just as we were coming um, into the driveway of the hospital, and I just ran um, into the hospital. And, and the nurses and the midwives were like, "Oh my god, your face! Get inside right now!" They mm. could just tell, and. Um, yeah, it, I was just in more control. I just got in the bath and I went, right, this could be, this could be my last labour. I'm just going to give it all I've got. I'm just going to breathe through and I'm just going to do it. So I think my midwife just said, you just ommed him out like you were at yoga. <laughs> and That's I said, amazing. yeah, I kind of did. I just stayed as relaxed as I possibly could. And I basically, like he was crowning and then I pushed again and I just, pulled him out myself and put him on my chest and I I had asked the boys because with Elsie I didn't um I didn't hold her after I just said no you pick her up and and you take her and I I regretted that um I really I think I missed out on a special moment there Mm -hmm. um but I was a bit scared about the way I would feel so with Harry I just I was loving it I just said can I please hold him for about five to 10 minutes um, before I passed him to you? And they said, absolutely. So he was on my chest and I just gave him a huge hug and cuddles and just let him sort of relax. And I, I relaxed as well. And then I thought, okay, I'm ready to hand him over. So the boys cut the cord and I handed him over to John and John had his chest all warm with a hot water bottle. And yeah, so it was, it was very different and, Afterwards, we all sat in the birthing suite and ate kebabs. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. We were starving. <laughs> <laughs> but tell and me, then Elsie came in. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. So tell yeah. me, uh, I know Elsie's now about five, and Harry's almost two. So, yeah. what's your relationship with them and their dads now? Uh, they're they're just like brothers to me. Um, and my kids see Elsie and Harry as cousins and I see them, Elsie and Harry, as my niece and nephew, really. Um, they came up recently and stayed at our house for a few nights and, yeah, we just hang out and go and do things, go out to dinner and go to the park, take the kids for a play and it's, yeah, it's really great. It's, they're, they're grateful and, and we're grateful to have met them. And uh, obviously it's chaos with the kids and Harry was, you know, bumbling around and walking around and picking up things and, yeah, getting into everything. And, and then and you just forget that age when you've got older kids. And, yeah, we all just laughed and had a really good time. And they rang the other day and uh, Elsie sent us a little video and Harry was talking on the phone and, yeah, they've just bought a new house and Elsie said, I can't wait for you to come and stay. And mm. so, yeah, it's really nice. And, and I think there's the distance there. So we don't, 
we don't get to see each other a lot. And so when we do, we really cherish it. And every time they leave, we, we both end up messaging saying, we're so lucky. We love you guys. And they write back and say, we're so lucky too. And we love you guys too. So it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now you've actually written a book about your experience, um, particularly with Elsie. Can you talk about what brought you to decide to write about the surrogacy? Uh, So I think it was about a week after Elsie was born and I went to one of my writers groups and uh, one of the writers there is also a midwife and she's been a, a midwife for a very, very long time and she's birthed five children herself. And um, she said, if you don't write about this experience that you've just had, then you're an idiot. And I kind of looked at her and thought, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so I went home and I just, I, I think a couple of days later, I sat down and started writing and it just, it's all, it all just came out within four months. And I gave it to my writing mentor and she just said, oh my God, you can tell that you've written this with true experience and it's come from your heart. And so she just passed it straight on to a publisher and, and I got a phone call saying, we love it and we'd like to publish it. So well it all happened very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I didn't even get time to sort of properly edit it or anything like that. So I, that all came later, but um yeah, I, I guess I wrote that to help others that were thinking of becoming surrogates, but also IPs to know what's going on possibly in a surrogate's mind and also how a surrogacy may affect the family, um, but also enrich the family. And and also, I yeah, I can't wait for Elsie to read it one mm. day. So your book is called Labour of Love. Where can people buy it if they're on the lookout? It's been a couple of, it's been a few years, nearly a few years now. So uh, usual places like book, Booktopia, uh, Book Depository, uh, Amazon, those sorts of places. It's not, I don't think it's in shops anymore. Um, it's, it's all online. And then there's um, an audio version as well, which I read. And that's um, through Belinda Audio Publishing in Australia. So, yeah. All right. If you had any advice for a woman that was considering becoming a surrogate, what would it be? So, so much you could say. Maybe, maybe just um, buy your book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, go with your gut. Go with your gut. Firstly, um, if it feels for, if it feels like you have to force something in 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 the start of the relationship, then maybe it's not a good idea. Um, or maybe think about it a little bit more. Um, look after yourself. Um, my first surrogacy, I think I was just so focused on everybody else and how I was able to help John and Justin and I didn't stand up for myself. Not that I had to stand up to them, but I didn't ask for things. Um, so definitely think about yourself and your family. Don't put yourself second. Um, if you need a cleaner, say something, get a cleaner. If you need meals delivered, please ask. Just, yeah, they're not mind readers. Um, but, yeah, just it's – there's so many situations that I've seen that haven't gone well um, or it's taken a long time to get started. Um, I think just know that surrogacy isn't 
it's a roller coaster and I think everyone says that it's a roller coaster and it doesn't go well for everybody um it did for me and I feel very blessed for that so it's um you just have to go in there with open eyes and open ears and ask lots of questions and learn from other surrogates definitely thank you for listening to the Australian surrogacy podcast if you would like to find out more information about surrogacy, you can have a look at my website at sarahjefford.com. You can also find me on Facebook and on Instagram, and you can listen to more podcasts on the website or on Apple Podcasts.